welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Ashley O. Hello, Allegra Frank. Hi, and Adam Musa from Eater. Hello again. You have once again. We promised Adam that he could be on a live show with us, <laughs> and I want Adam to be on a live show with us because I want to show everyone his tweets. And yet here we are, sitting in the podcast studio, talking to lovely Adam because Nintendo did a, a scheduling kerfuffle. They Not so much a kerfuffle as they looked at their calendars and said, Polygon does that great live show every Thursday at 5 p.m. on youtube.com slash Polygon. You know what we're going to do is schedule our next Nintendo Direct for I really, exactly that time. I really feel like this is in direct retaliation to me. Yes. Like, Nintendo as, Direct. For my tweets, for my, like, bad Mario tweets, Nintendo was like, you know what we're going to do? We're, we are going to screw up all of their plans. You're good Mario tweets. You misspoke there. You see, you call them bad Mario tweets? They're very good. They're, They're good. so good. Look, if Nintendo didn't send me a cease and desist by now. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is still when the AV Club wrote it up and just called you internet user Adam Musa. That's me. I am a person on the internet. I was so thrilled that that happened just so I could like casually drop it into conversation be like, oh yeah, my tweets got uh, written up by the AV club. No big deal. Qual so these these tweets, uh, I guess we should talk about them because we don't know when you're going to be on the show next. <laughs> you did a bunch of Oscar parody tweets with Mario uh, and they were extremely powerful, I would say, I, yeah, and creative. I, I was very, I, I think I had more fun doing, doing like random... I, random stuff with the Mario Odyssey um, screenshot mode than I did actually, you know, finding moons and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, um, If you want to see Shape of Water recreated in a screenshot of Mario, you can do that. Yeah, uh, you can do that. You can, like, make a gross call me by your name joke. You can redo <laughs> no. Phantom Thread. Um, the best one was the three billboards one. <laughs> <laughs> God. That was like the easiest though. It's like there are literal billboards in the game and they might be in New Dong City, but you've still got billboards there and you can just stand him there and make him look at it and stuff. But oh god, New Dong City is the best. Like I have I have like ones of like him running around with uh, a handbag and and a, and the parasol and sitting by the computer and stuff. It's my it's so Nintendo so good. should thank you for I, what you've done. Instead they've they've punished all of us and punished all of you listeners by taking Adam's face away from you. Allegra, what are we expecting to see at the Direct today? So it's a 30-minute Direct, which means it's the longest Direct that we've gotten this year. There's only been one other one, which was a mini, so that was like 11 minutes or something huh. earlier this year. Um, so the only thing Nintendo has said to expect, they've said two things. They will show both Nintendo Switch and 3DS games. And they're going to focus on Mario Tennis Aces, the game everyone is so Good. pumped about. Oh, thank God, finally. <laughs> <laughs> they literally were like, Nintendo Switch and 3DS games, including Mario Tennis. <laughs> like, oh, my God. No one cares. Um, other than my mom, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves Mario Tennis. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of people are speculating that we'll get some... Fire Emblem news because oh. they haven't shown anything in a year and we know it's coming out this year. Um, there's a new Yoshi game due out this year. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Ashley's Yoshi game. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, Yoshi, Ashley's world. <laughs> those are definitely like top speculations. Um, it's kind of hard to think what else because Nintendo often like just throws random stuff at the wall. Like yeah. think about Labo. Yeah. So I've gotten to the point where I just try to temper my expectations but also not have any because <laughs> I have no idea anymore. At 
Adam, what would you want to see? Your your wildest fantasy about the Nintendo Direct. Um, I mean, putting you on the is, spot. Is Super Smash Brothers too obvious? I mean, I want that, but I. Uh, the part of me that's unhealthy wants more Zelda amiibo. Mm. <laughs> amiibo. <laughs> Even though I literally have almost all of them, like I have a uh, we have a, a glass case of amiibo in my apartment. Yeah. That is, you know, if you've totaled it up, like we've spent hundreds of dollars on this oh, crap over the years. God. It's like I don't need any more, but I want more. They're my they're my children. They're my babies. I love them. Like uh, in, in Bob's Burgers, there's a seat. Like Linda has these li- addictions to these little glass babies, and she hugs oh, them. Oh yeah, little babies, <laughs> little babies. My little babies. That's me with my amiibo. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like Nintendo knows it can just keep ringing you for more money. You and the thousands of other people. Ashley, what would you want to see from the Direct? I really want another uh, Captain Toad treasure tracker. I want it for the yeah. Switch. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, basically any any Wii U games that they could bring out for the Switch or any games that I am playing right now on PS4, I mean, putting like, them on Switch and stuff. I wouldn't mind, obviously, a port of it, but I want specifically... A new one. Yes. Captain okay. Toad Treasure Tracker 2. Two. Bring us the two, Nintendo. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we're playing this week. I'll start, because uh, I, I don't have like that much to say. I'm playing this game called A Case of Distrust, uh, which Colin Campbell. Colin Campbell. Colin Campbell. Colin Campbell. <laughs> uh, that's not an English accent, and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> recommended. Um, it is this... My, it's my brand. First, let me just start with that. 1920s lady detective indie game uh, that's like point and click where you're you're solving a mystery of who sent somebody a mysterious letter. Somebody might get murdered at some point. I don't know. Um, and I want to have more to say about it. But right now, like all I can say is that aesthetically, it, it is so good. It's like it almost looks like paper cutouts and it's all like very flat. So like very thematic in that way because Art Deco is so flat. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of flat colors. And my favorite part of the game, honestly, at this point, um, is not looking at my detective notes in my journal. It's not talking to suspects or my friends. It's riding in taxis between <laughs> locations in the game because you get a choice. You get into a taxi to go between like one speakeasy and your suspect's apartment or whatever you can say nothing or you can talk to the cab driver and if you talk to the cab drivers they'll just start yakking about stuff that's going on in their lives or like current events for them and things like that and it it's so cool because i feel like the, the writing in the game is not like totally spectacular i think it was written by a there were some weird grammatical errors, but the research part of it is very solid, and it's really cool to like be able to talk to these taxi drivers about like the issues that are affecting them. Like I'm trying to think of a, a current event from the 1920s, but unfortunately, it's 2018, and I'm I'm totally blanking on one. Prohibition. Pro. How about that prohibition? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like uh, there was one guy who like got chased by someone's uh, father because he the father thought that the taxi driver was his daughter's boyfriend and so he like got chased down the street and it was just like it, it's really cool and there are like all kinds of different conversations that you can have with them and I, I feel like they're they're well done in a way that it's hard to do exposition about a time period because I feel like so often with historical stuff it's like no I'm gonna name drop. <laughs> 
Al Capone. <laughs> Did you hear about that Al Capone? I'm reading the papers and I feel like we're in for an economic depression. <laughs> and it's not like that at all. It's just it feels like normal people talking about like what's on my mind today. That's President cool. Harding. He sucks. <laughs> so corrupt. Anyway, uh, so I'm watching or playing that and watching the Ken Burns Prohibition documentary on Netflix. So as usual, I'm just like swimming in the 1920s. And if anyone has any other recommendations for games or things set in that time period, keeping in mind that I already have the Miss Fisher game and I love Miss Fisher, the TV show. So you don't need to recommend those to me. I'm, I'm living it. I'm living the life. Anyway, sorry. I just like Have monologues. you seen, um, it's a Spanish show on Netflix, but Cable Girls? I was about to watch that the other day. Oh. Is it good? I have heard amazing things. It's on my list. Yeah. I was also about to watch it, but then I think I fell asleep. It looks <laughs> so friggin' good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get back to you on that if I end up watching that. Oh, also, Babylon Berlin looks awesome. I haven't heard of that either. Oh, it's on Netflix. <laughs> Just looks so cool. I just need more. It's 1920s <laughs> Berlin. Oh, that and there's great. like detective stuff and That's mystery. That's the perfect time I period. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, you're playing a game called Detention. Oh, yes. I just finished that yesterday. I am writing up impressions for it. It came out last year. It is uh, by developer Red Candle Games, they're a Taiwanese studio. Um, and it takes place in 1960s Taiwan. Um, and it's during what's called the, the white terror period where, um, so there's like a lot of tension between Taiwan, um, and China. So like recently, so the Japanese occupied Taiwan for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, after the war, um, they were sort of shifted and then, uh, the, uh, China essentially was, um, kind of governing them for a bit. And, um, so... This is like a period of like a lot of civil unrest where, um, you know, if you were caught like reading books that were not approved by the government, like you could get arrested or you could get killed. Um, so it's really tense that way. And it's a it's kind of like a psychological horror and puzzle game a bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's a side scroller. I played the PS4 port, but I think I would recommend do not play it on PS4. The port is not great. I think mm -hmm. it's, it, it is First, it's on Steam, I think. I think it's primarily like mm -hmm. a, it's like a point and click kind of thing. Um, and so you wake up in a, in, you fall asleep in class, you wake up, there's no one there, and you see this thing about like a typhoon, and you're like, oh God, what's going on? I gotta get out of here. And then he's going out, like everything is abandoned, the bridge has collapsed, there's this river of blood. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And he only finds one other girl there, right? So they're like kind of like hanging out for a bit. This isn't really a spoiler because it happens like almost immediately in the beginning of the game. So you are playing as a guy, but then she finds the guy hanging in the stage like upside down. And she's like, what the fuck? Uh. She's like, he was just okay a second ago. What happened? Um, <clears throat> and basically the game is, uh, I guess it's like her soul kind of reliving this cycle of like this extremely like traumatic, like bad series of events um, that not just happened um, at school, but you know, you get a peek into her domestic life as well. Mm -hmm. So it kind of shows these historical nuances and like also the domestic ones too, right? Of like how it was like when 
her family used to be good and then, you know, it, things took a turn. And so it kind of takes this almost like, um, you know, the the Alice games? Yeah, yeah. It kind of almost takes like a turn like that where you're revisiting these areas that are very themed and specific, tied to a certain memory. Um, and it like gets like really fucked up, then it gets colorful, then it gets like dark, then it gets scary. Like, I really liked the aesthetic a lot because first I was like, I don't know, this doesn't seem that great. And then it went on, and I, um, after I got past some frustrating puzzle parts, I was like, oh. So the puzzle parts are less than ideal, but aesthetically it's cool and good. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the puzzles are okay, and then there are some where, like, Oh, God, that I just had to look up because I was like, I don't have time for this. I know what I have to do, but I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's extremely relatable. I walked in on you playing it in complete darkness yeah. in the den the other day. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's my Ashley. It's the true experience. <laughs> it is a bit scary. Um, I don't really play horror games that often because I'm a big baby. I don't watch horror movies that much because I'm also a big baby. Mm-hmm. I, too, am a large uh, child. Though... To be fair, I think I was traumatized by my cousins with horror movies as a child, and that's why I can't watch them anymore. So they, like, force you to watch. Yeah, they forced me to watch Poltergeist when I was four. Why? And I couldn't sleep for months. That's so And then bad. when I finally was able to get to sleep, I they made me watch, and they said, they insisted it wasn't scary. And it's not for adults. They made me watch Interview with a Vampire. And I wasn't even, like, 10 years old. And I just, like, thought that, like, a vampire was, like, floating outside my bedroom window, like, waiting to break in and eat me. And I was just terrified. Or turn you into a child vampire and live with you for eternity. I know. I mean, see, I didn't think of... creepy part of I didn't think of that part of it, which is like, oh, you could live forever. No, it's like, no, this man's going to bite my neck. (laughs) God. You're also playing Bayonetta. Bayonetta for Bayonetta. the first time ever. And you fucking love it. Um, Yeah, actually, so I booted it up, and it's not what I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. And then I just was like, "This, what is this game? It is so over-the-top extra, but then I was like, I kind of love this, though. Like, I just, even in the way your your character is, like, before she walks around, I don't know if you know, like, the default pose, but she has, like, her chest totally stuck out, yeah. and her <laughs> pelvis, like, thrust out, yes. and, like, that's how she walks. She's like, yeah, that's, that's... Oh. I feel like I could learn a lot about posture from Bayonetta. But, but then, one of your finishing moves, like, in the boss fight, I found, it, it's basically... A dog made out of your hair comes out of hell and then eats an angel. Oh my god! And that's how your boss fights end. Sometimes <laughs> this is amazing. there's also other like kind of climax torture moves where basically she she does like a combo of things. But there's one where she like kicks him into this stand like the angel that you're fighting, mm-hmm. and she spanks him. And it says press X to punish, and you need to like press it repeatedly. And she just smacks yes, his mommy. ass over and <gasps> oh over. Oh my god! Adam, you were nodding earlier. Have you played Bayonetta? I think I've played as much of this as you've said, because I kind of gave up on it. This was like when it was on Xbox. Yeah. Um, and uh, the like the Wicked Weave moves where her yeah. hair like turns into these monsters was like my favorite part. It's incredible because mm-hmm. like you're tearing wings off angels and shit yeah. like that. There's like, just... a, like a hand made out of hair punching an angel like out of nowhere in midair. You're just like, what the fuck is this? Why did you and, stop like, playing? I, I think I got bored with it because it yeah. was like, I... I 
was not getting the combos or anything right, so I was eventually you couldn't just like, spank any angels. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if I can't, if I can't just like mash my way through this, what but am the, I doing? there are way too many combos though. So, many. so I saw, I think I got a glimpse in the loading screen of how many there are, and I was just like, I. I decided, I was like, I am not learning any of these. I am going to just button mash my way through the whole game. And it's kind of working so far, but it's like a lot of button mashing intensely for like 20 minutes and then a 20 minute cutscene. And you're uh, like, what the fuck? It's very, very extra. It's fantastic. What are you playing it on? Switch. Ay. Nice, nice, nice. Finally taking that Switch out of your underwear drawer, putting it right in your hands. Yeah. Adam, you are playing Overwatch, yeah, and you cannot stop. Yay! I can't stop, and I'm sick of it. This is a I'm safe space to talk about your problems. Yes. Okay, okay, I feel good. All right. <laughs> I have never played any other online game for more than an hour besides Overwatch. Like, this is the only time that I have become fully immersed in something, and for what it's worth, I don't play comp. I literally only play quick play and mystery heroes, and sometimes I'm playing with my friends, and some, and, but most of the time I'm like, no headset, whatever. Just that is the through. healthiest way to play. Yes. <laughs> it's, well. it's well, it was nice, but now I feel like I I play it even when I don't, even when I don't want to. I play it because I don't think. Mm-hmm. I play it because I want to sit down and stare at the TV and pass the time. And it's like it's like junk food. I'm not getting anything. Nutri- I'm making like shitty air quotes. Um, I'm not making. I'm not getting anything like good out of it. I'm not really enjoying my experience unless I'm like on a roll or something. So I was playing as Tracer the other night, which yeah. I, you know, yes. I suck at aiming. I, I'm, not, not, I'm not good. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, I'm on fire and I'm killing all these people and this is amazing. Uh, and that was when I enjoyed it. And outside of that, if I'm just doing like an average, like yeah. doing my average good. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm winning or losing, I just feel like I am not invested in this at all. I am playing mm-hmm. it because I've built up this habit now. And I look at like what I have sitting on my shelf, like Bioshock collection um, that I still need to play through. I'm trying not to buy Monster Hunter because I'm like, I gotta play through these games before I buy any new ones. <laughs> also, I'm not buying Bayonetta. Um, but yeah, I'm playing Overwatch and it's not doing anything for me, but I keep doing it mm-hmm. and I'm getting these diminished returns. Would you be spending that time, would you rather spend that time playing a different game or doing something else entirely? I feel like I should be doing something else. I feel like <laughs> I should be like reading a book. Watching or, the like, Ken Burns I, I documentary that, on Netflix. I have never seen a Ken Burns documentary, but what? I hear they are like They're very fine. long. They're very long. It's like yeah. five hours long. No, yeah, I totally feel that way. Uh, I just literally just talking with my therapist about this today, but about Twitter instead of Overwatch. <laughs> I feel like at the, for me and Twitter, Overwatch would even be more productive. But just like that wanting to stop doing that like very easy repetitive thing that you've gotten in a habit of doing and like do a good thing, like reading a book and even watching TV for me at this point. If yes. I could fucking watch like, TV, if that I would be great. If I finish a season, that's all I want to do. But instead, I'm I'm sitting here like just bouncing orbs off the wall as Moira mm. Ooh, and like yeah. hoping that uh, I'm going to, you know. Waiting for Brigitte to come off Get the into PTR. the zone at yeah. some point and like actually start doing good. But instead, I'm just well, like, okay, well, honest, killed, that's fine. But that's great though. You know, I think the difference is like I play comp and oh, there are stakes, but they're bad. Okay, I still look you, and they're bad. Every time I play a comp game, just like my blood pressure elevates, and it's like, then Ashley, stop playing comp. Yeah, I did sometimes, and then I get into this weird state where I need to achieve your kind of zen state, Adam, because I get into a state where I'm just like, well, it's like, oh, you won in quick play. I was like, oh, I won in quick play? Well, if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't count if it's not in comp. 
I need results of victory, and I fail every time, Aww. and I need to play quick play. You need to stop playing comp. Adam needs to stop playing Overwatch, period. I mean, I agree. More like, Overwatch. Saying it's, it's a zen state. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I do feel very, like, at peace often when I'm playing it, but when it's like... I don't know, like eleven thirty or something on a weeknight. I'm like, all right, I should I should get into bed, but what if I just play one more game and another yeah. game? And then it's like twelve thirty, and suddenly it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to the gym in the morning now. I feel <laughs> like it's wrecking all these other yeah. aspects you know, of I, my life. I feel like even if you are at peace when it's happening, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you because, mm-hmm. like, I, I get into that with like my imaginary monologues like in my head like for situations that I'm stressful about and I can always like fall back on those imaginary monologues where I'm like in this situation I'm explaining myself perfectly and like that I feel at peace in that scenario but it doesn't do anything for me it's, it's, it doesn't mean that if I am in that stress situation that I will have those words to like recall it just mm. means that I was obsessing about it in a moment and it made me feel okay in that moment but it, like it doesn't actually like you said, it's junk food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a weird, it's a bad self-soothing mechanism yes. is what it is. Sorry, I, I went to therapy today. Can you tell? <laughs> it's also like I willingly like stress myself. It's like, okay, I died. I've got 10 seconds to check my phone and look at Twitter now. Oh, I'm going like, to scroll Adam, through this no. really fast. Okay, I'm back on. Now I have to get scroll back through. out there. Yeah. So I am like cramming so like, like last night, I'm like taking cookies out of the oven in the seven seconds I've got. Oh my right. God. Oh, Did you Adam. see that tweet? It's perfect. It's a screen from It's Always Sunny. And it's like, it's like, this is you or me when playing Overwatch. And then like, he's furiously trying to eat a sandwich. <laughs> and it's like the sound of bullets firing. And like, you literally have like 10 seconds. That happens to me. Like, there's a sandwich here. You're respawning. It's like six seconds. I'm like, okay. I got it. I got, I got a quarter of the sandwich in. Next time I die. Everything about Overwatch just sounds so unhealthy. <laughs> but it's Literally. so fun. Maybe games are bad. Games are bad, you're right. Well, hopefully uh, the president's going to ban them. Yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully. Well, Allegra, let's talk about what you're playing, because you're going to have to leave us soon to go cover the Nintendo Direct. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, you're playing Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. What? Why? I know, I Why? Know. <laughs> Why have you gone back there? Okay, so um, my friend Andrew is very into Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, as is my best friend Blair from home. Uh, and you need new friends. I need new friends, that's true. So, <laughs> <laughs> but now I have animal friends, see? No, so, no they're not they're your friends. They're you. Yeah, they're, they're ask you for money. They're so, no, they no, explore, no. they're exploiting listen, you. Listen, so remember I was very anti-pocket camp. It nearly ruined my 2017 because I was very excited. <laughs> I love Animal Crossing so much. And so I was like, okay, fine. You guys need to leave me alone. I will freaking reinstall pocket camp and I will try it again. And you know what? Okay, it's very calming. I understand what you're saying about like the Zen because there are no real stakes here. The returns are very diminished because I'm just giving dumb fish to random animals who I don't even like that much. Um, But it's just kind of like soothing because I just go from like one extremely tiny limited place to another very tiny limited place trying Mm -hmm. to find the right fish. Mm -hmm. And then I ferry it back to the little animal and then they're like, Wow, I appreciate you and their little heart. They, gauge. What give you like a stick? Um, they give me wool and steel. Thank you. So <laughs> they give me pieces of cloth. So they give you string and some. Is cloth wood? No. Let's not do this again. <laughs> it's not. 
No, what, not again. Not again. What if Nintendo again. does announce like Animal Crossing for the Switch? Uh, oh. We will not. We, we will not Adam was like, All wait, right, what did I miss? No, we're Sorry. not going to talk about chicken nuggets again. I have a lot of again. confusion about what things are made out of. Oh, okay. No, we deal with this all the time on the side. Oh, like, is this sorry. a sandwich? Is this a, like, whatever? Oh, oh my yeah. God. Wait, we should bring you in more to settle a lot of food disputes. Oh. That we have. Not oh, the chicken nuggets again. Not today. But yeah, so Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has been... Very strangely cathartic lately. I literally played it for like two hours straight the other day. I thought okay, you had see, to, don't you have to like wait in between? Yeah. Things? So I just so. was like, okay, I'm gonna like help out this one animal as much as I can, and then I'm gonna spend the money to make myself some really cute glasses. Aww. The way that you described it earlier made it sound like you were just like popping in to check it, and mm-hmm. it was nice and relaxing. Not if you're playing it for two hours straight. That was that was a scary Ooh, time. Allegra. Literally, <laughs> I was playing and I was like, oh, yeah, this is such a basic, easy game. And then I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, my God, it's been two hours. And I've just been tapping. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how long I'll stick with it. But well, it's been it's been fine. I guess I'm happy for you. <laughs> and speaking of terrible things, you also pl- you played Super Seducer. Yes, uh, oof. I played Super Seducer in my uh, lifelong quest to Explain learn to us how to like Seducer is get people to b- date me. But um, oh, yeah. So su- I, Allegra. Oh my God, Allegra! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not <laughs> like this. Lift it out of the dark place, Allegra. <laughs> I've always been unsuccessful in dating, and finally, finally, there's a tool. Finally, no. You can talk so, to women. So, <laughs> so Super Seducer is like a learning tool from this pickup artist. Um, it's like a, f- a full motion video game. So there's these live action cutscenes, and then they pause and you can choose from dialogue options where like basically he's trying to get a lady's number so he can get her into bed and so he'll be like oh I see this cute lady how should I like approach her and so you can either whip your dick out immediately in her face or Wait, that's can... an option oh my god it's almost always an option <laughs> to just whip your dick out <laughs> be like, yes. just like in life just like in life <laughs> So there's this, like, one scene where it was really funny. I took a screenshot of it where he's trying to, like, sidle up to these cute girls at the bar or whatever. And it's like he can either ask them what they're drinking or ask them where they come from. Or he literally can be like, hey, you know what my favorite thing is inside a lady? (laughs) Or, yeah, what my favorite thing in a lady is. And they're like, yeah, and they're like, oh, what? And he's like, my dick, want to come over? (laughs) Like, literally, it's that banal and gross and objectifying and if you get the right choice um, it cuts to the actual pickup artist who made the game and actually also like stars in it and he's flanked by these like pretty much naked ladies basically being like good job you did a great job and it's extremely gross it's so offensive to all of my sensibilities um, it's just very bad and like I like dating sims mm-hmm. because I hate real dating so I like fake interactive dating because it's comforting but this is just like because the aim is to teach men you know real life skills it's very disturbing because if any I mean I'm sure all of us have been approached by people in really gross ways and so for me it's just like I don't want any man to think this is acceptable yeah because even the like non-whip-your-dick-out methods are all from reading uh, about it they're all like focused on continuing an interaction until like no matter what the woman says until you get like the yeah the okay go yeah it's super manipulative yeah. like basically the choices aren't reflective of any legitimate interest you have <laughs> it's very much like how do i tailor what i say to make this girl more likely to come home with me which Oof. is gross why why, why are you playing it, it? For, uh, for we should event? stream it 
We should. No. It would actually be a really good stream. <laughs> I was playing it because it came out and like. <laughs> I was playing it because it was there. No, I wanted to write about it because I have strong feelings on how men are bad. Sorry, Adam. Um, true. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Adam excluded. So, um, yeah, I played it. It was, like, a worthwhile experience. It's just a really shitty game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's going on this week? Let's talk about some news. <laughs> the Winnie the Pooh trailer came out. <gasps> that's yeah! A, that's a cute band. I don't, everyone I like kept it. screenshotting it. They're like, absolutely horrifying. And I was like, no. no. Also, I love that they made him not like a shitty CGI, like in Garfield or something, Ooh. but they Thank like God. made it like the old stuffed animal. Yeah, I love that aesthetic. The fact that he's not smooth is a big draw to me. He needs to, yeah. because like, he's fuzzy. And like, even, I think Paddington is cute, the new Paddington, but he's mm-hmm. too. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be. Like I mean, a I think real he's bear, better right? than the other CGI animal characters we've seen. Yes, Paddington is still cute, but he also doesn't look like a stuffed animal. He yeah. looks like a yeah. A CGI he just looks bear, like a bear. But, yeah. Adam, you have something to say. I just I thought can... of something really terrifying. <laughs> Tell me. Uh-oh. He's an he's a stuffed animal, like in real life. How's he gonna eat honey? Is there gonna be like a honey eating <gasps> scene where like this furry animal is slicked Ew! with honey? <laughs> And now I'm frightened. No, I, I don't want to. Oh, no, oh. no, 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 no. I want to believe, though, that it'll be like maybe he, he he goes back to like his sort of dream world where like Pooh is animated again. Well, like Hundred Acre Woods. Yeah, yeah, like eat yeah. honey. I, but then you're right. For an adult man to have that, it would just be like a hallucination. <laughs> so maybe it could be for his son or something. Because otherwise it's just like this man is either having a midlife crisis or he took a lot of peyote. I have an active <laughs> imagination and I don't take peyote and hallucinate bears. I could. I, I kind of wish I, I did. Like, I like your theory the best. I think that Hundred Acre Wood, or at least I hope that it will be sort of like the fantasy realm. But then we come back to like the CGI thing. Like if Pooh is not a stuffed bear, that would be horrifying to see covered in honey in Hundred Acre Wood. What will he yeah, be? Yeah, like, did, did the visuals entirely change if they yeah. go back to Hundred Acre Wood? And I like, don't like that. Uh, are all the other friends there? Um, yeah. Is Pooh still like? So, okay, I watched my husband play Kingdom Hearts and yes. he did the, the, the uh, Winnie the Pooh, Hundred Acre Wood. Mm-hmm. Well, it's horrifying. Yeah. Holy, oh my God. He is the most manipulative character. <laughs> Pooh? He's, Pooh. He's like, what? Like, guilting Sora's like, oh no, I have to go. He's like, oh, well, are you sure you have to? Like, he is guilting <laughs> him into staying. He's like, I'm so Relatable. depressed. He's Please lonely. stay with us. He's yeah, so he's lonely, mean. but there is a there is a line between like being lonely and using that loneliness to exert control over your friend, which is exactly what he does in that. And like he does I think he does to Christopher Robin as well. Like he is he's depressed, yes, and I'm sorry, but he's manipulative. Oh he is trying to exert control over these people and like cover his tracks by being like, oh, well, I'm just, a, I'm a little bear. I'm oh, a little, no. little bear. oh no, And I'm sorry if like I'm lifting a lid on like Pooh being a villain here and I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for anybody. Spoilers for Kingdom Hearts well, 3. I, <laughs> well, to be fair, Boom, my friend said that he was like, out of the blue one day, he was like, you know what the most depressing thing about Kingdom Hearts 2 is? I was like, what? And he was like, that scene with, he's like that whole thing with Pooh Bear. He's like, you are witnessing a Disney character have an existential crisis of like, where did all of my friends go? Where, where am I? Where do I live? What do you mean they're gone? What is death? 
Are they dead? Like, are, are they coming back? And you're just seeing this stupid little bear walking around having an existential crisis. I have to replay Kingdom Hearts. That part is so dark and fucking it just comes bear. out of fucking nowhere. Oh God, it's so God. sad. <laughs> I felt oh very God. uncomfortable. Ugh. I, I'm, I'm ho- I hope the movie will be good. Me too. Looks less depressing. Ewan McGregor's the only one having an existential crisis in that. Let's take a minute to talk about Mattress Firm. Ashley, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you still struggling to sleep? Kinda? I shouldn't yell at you, I'm sorry, you're so tired. I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. Well, you are in luck. I'm gonna tell you about something that'll let you zonk out more easily. Is it Mattress Firm? Yeah, did you know? <laughs> it's Mattress Firm. It's Mattress Firm, it's America's neighborhood mattress store that lets you stretch your budget further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. And they're more than mattress experts. Ashley, okay, if you could change one thing about your bedroom, what would it be? Uh, oof. Sorry storage. to spring that on storage. They have bedroom decor options at mattressfirm.com. They have adjustable bases. They have sheets. They have headboards. Headboards. They have bedroom decor, and of course, they have mattresses. So you know, anything that you can think of to improve your space. Check it out. Think about Mattress Firm. And you can go to mattressfirm.com podcast to see what deals are happening right now. They even offer a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee. So you know you paid the perfect price. Would you like to know you paid the perfect price? I would. Pay the price. Pay the toll! Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast. That is M-A-T-T-R-E-S-S-F-I-R-M dot com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. And for now, uh, let's go back to the Polygon Show. Hey, Polygon Show listeners. It is me, Ashley Carmen. Hi, it's Caitlin Tiffany. We are the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button? In my opinion, great podcast from TheVerge.com, a tech website you've maybe heard of. We talk about all of the tiny decisions you make using technology. Yeah, like super liking someone on Tinder, stalking the Venmo feed. Turning on your read receipt. Read receipts. Read receipts. Our new episodes for season two are out now. Check it out. Uh, Jurassic World Alive uh, is coming out, and it is basically Pokemon Go, but with dinosaurs. Jurassic World Dinosaurs. Uh, It's coming out for iOS and Android this spring. How do you guys feel about it? Do you catch dinosaurs? It's basically like a super Pokemon Go clone, right? It literally is, like catching and fighting with dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, no, I'm not going to give you guys time to talk. Offensive. <laughs> Dinosaurs don't want to fight each other. It's not the same as with Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon it- are made to fight each other. <gasps> no! That's a terrible thing to say. forced to fight each other, Pokemon too. is dog fighting. Yes. Pokemon is dog fighting. True. I feel worse for Pokemon than dinosaurs. No! Sorry. Wow. Well, well, maybe it's... Okay, okay. If we can't agree on that, we can at least agree that no one should have to fight. Neither Pokemon nor dinosaurs. That is true. Why can't you? I don't want to catch them and fight them. You should like encounter dinosaurs in the wild and then be able to pet them or feed them and then just go away. Why are you catching them? I honestly have no idea. Sick dinosaur laboratory. Saving them from another extinction by tracking them, collecting DNA samples, and creating new hybrid species in a lab also offensive to me. Then those man-made dinos can be assembled into a team to fight. Man-made player arena battles. 
This is supporting oh, is not only dog fighting, but eugenics. I was going to say eugenics. <laughs> wow. I do not support this game. I feel like we talk about eugenics on this show more often. At what point do we get like too woke about dinosaurs? Uh, never. There's no point where we can well, be the, too woke The key woke difference, about like, okay, Pokemon are portrayed as having this like near human intelligence, and they get like manipulated into being told that fighting for their masters is a way to show love. Are they manipulated? Well, yeah, it's uh, like yeah, Pikachu, okay. go fight this thing for me, and Pikachu does it because he loves Ash. That's like fair. your Pokemon love you, and uh, with like the games, like the the higher your love rating or whatever it is, like the better they fight for you. That's true. And if they're about to die, they'll turn around and look at you lovingly, oh, and then what? they'll get a boost of energy. And <laughs> oh, oh my God! I thought you went permanently, like in the show or something. I was like, does that happen in a movie where like Pikachu's about to die? And he turns around, <laughs> and then just like accepts his fate. Goodbye, Ash. <laughs> I love you. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on I with your point. No, no, I'm thinking about like the two different voices of Pikachu. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, but dinosaurs are—they're big lizards. They might be smart, but they're not like human-ish smart. So this is less bad. This is more like cockfighting than Pokemon is like cockfighting. Wow. Wow. We're rating cockfighting and dogfighting now on the Polygon <laughs> show. <laughs> we have opinions about animal on animal violence. Um, I see your point. However, I think if Pokemon fighting is bad, then dinosaur fighting also has to be bad, no matter how intelligent they are, because they're beautiful, extinct creatures they shouldn't be forced to fight. I do like your earlier point that all fighting is bad. Mm-hmm. Fair. I just want to <laughs> love the dinosaurs. Uh, Geralt from The Witcher is going to be in a non-Witcher game. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this, Allegra. Uh, so CD Projekt Red's community manager tweeted this like gif of Geralt saying, hmm, is it possible we could see Geralt in another game this year? <laughs> <laughs> And like everyone was like, oh, what, what does this mean? Are you is he coming into another game? And then the guy just tweeted like a thinking emoji. <laughs> That's so <laughs> Ashley's dying. But yeah, so basically it's pretty clear that Geralt's gonna be Geralt in another game. <laughs> Geralt's in a crossover. <laughs> This is the guy in the tub, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, yes, I didn't play guy. The Witcher, but I've seen this photo. Oh, it's you a sexy tub daddy. Free. It's very good. Do I have to play the other two witches no, to understand it? No, you do it? not. Um, yeah, so sexy tub daddy. Everyone thinks he's going to... I'm calling him that now. Everyone thinks yeah. he's going to be yeah. in Soul Calibur Six. Uh, I don't know why my voice went really high on that. Soul Calibur Six. <laughs> That's good audio. Keep doing that. Soul Calibur 6. <laughs> I'm sorry. So if you do it like the announcer, but then go up at the end. Like Soul Calibur 6. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, God. anyway. <laughs> so um, apparently there was some leak that like, because Bandai Namco, which makes Soul Calibur, distributes the Witcher games in like Europe and basically mm-hmm. everywhere else. Um, so everyone's like, oh, well, like because they already have that connection, he could be the guest character in Soul Calibur, which would be kind of cool, I guess, to see Geralt fight people. But then a lot of other people were like, Super Smash Brothers, he should be in that, which is never going to happen. Um, but like the, fu- the funniest thing I saw was a tweet based off the Nintendo Direct um, when they said like Mario Tennis Aces was going to be the focus. <laughs> and then my favorite dude on Twitter, other than Adam, oh, uh, Nabel. 
<laughs> tweeted like, oh, okay, now we know what Geralt's going to cross over in. And they just had Geralt in a tennis uniform. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, Mario. With his shorts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be my top choice. Yeah, I would be down. Um, so, yeah, I emailed them, and they were just like, wink, wink. We have nothing more to say, but I imagine. Why so coy? Do I you, know, yeah. Do, so we have no idea, like, when that would be. Just sometime later this year is okay. all I said. But when it would be announced. It's not associated with the direct today at all. It's just... No, 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 no. I don't think it's Nintendo-related at <sighs> all. I imagine it'll be at E3 or Nintendo something. Nintendo Direct. Nintendo <laughs> Why did you? Wait, what? It's going to be on Nintendo Direct. Oh, he's going to no. be Nintendo. He's, no, he's his... going to start working at Nintendo. He's making games no. now instead of being in them. He's crossing over! Right, is this a, a wordplay you're doing? Is this a pun? Are you just saying Nintendo Direct? No, he's going to be in the Nintendo Direct. She's being but serious. Why not? He, I think he could be. Sure. Maybe, maybe. I support Ashley. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Support Ashley, it's International Women's Day. It's true. Fucking support yeah, Ashley. Good job getting a dude on the podcast. Ashley, <laughs> yeah. International Women's Day. Can I, I just, just this is as good as like so. So, uh, sorry. Can I like steer it to food news for a second? Yes. yes. So uh, today, McDonald's has flipped a bunch of their signs upside down to make a W for women for International Women's Day in Malaysia. KFC has brought out Claudia Sanders, Saw which is that. Colonel Sanders' second wife, who. <laughs> Sidebar was apparently brought in because Colonel was very horny. Um, and that's Second that's documented. What, what? Um, what else? Uh, pink IPA in, in the UK, oh. beer for girls. Holy that. shit. It's not good. It's <laughs> second wife. I can't believe it's a second wife. She, well, she was originally his mistress. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me the fucking backstory this is canon. on that, dude. It's this canon. Is... OTP. I don't. What's his first wife's name? I don't, I don't Nobody know. Nobody She's lost to history. Oh, oh my god! god. So the, okay, I Claudia. I got this from. Um, this was an older BuzzFeed piece that was being like re-upped today by the author because it was you know topical. Yeah. Um, and in it, she talks about uh, that Colonel Sanders was he had a he had a high libido. And basically, his daughter wrote his uh, biography, I think, and. She, the colonel could not be satisfied by his first wife. Oh, my and God. And thus, Claudia, who for today is the face of KFC Malaysia, uh, was brought in first as his mistress, then as his wife, and, you know, she satisfied him. So Congratulations. Was, Why did his daughter write about I, I, I don't know. I... <laughs> <laughs> we have even more we questions. We should all be than so before. lucky to like chronicle our horny parents. I know. <laughs> oh God, no, no, no. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I want to personally see. I, I thought that the turning the McDonald's logo upside down thing was just like a visual thing online. It's no, like the literal, actual like fucking certain signs. signs are literally turned upside down. What? So like, you got to the... bring in a crew. You yeah. got to turn it upside down. Then like after midnight, you got to like. Fix that. Thanks, it's it's McDonald's? worse than doing That's nothing. So it is. Oh, wait, wait. It, is, it fixed sex. Actually, mean like the physical <laughs> size. Golden arches yeah, above, Mc, above I, I saw the thing on the you know printed on that like apple pie sleeve or whatever. So I thought it was just like a like a packaging and a print. Wait, thing. they did a packaging thing too. You I didn't tell with that. packaging. I, I thought they did the package over. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it like has that W as and then it says like women something something. Oh, okay. oh, in that case, That's so much. 
much. No, it's also the signs. Unless they yeah. paid an all-woman crew to turn over that fucking W. Hey, it's Women's M. Day. Let's put you to work for unnecessary shit for 18 Wait, hours. Wait, so someone yeah. has to go out there after they close and turn yes. the sign yes. back? This is so fucking good. Idiot. What about if it's a 24-7 McDonald's? <laughs> I don't know. They're going to just have to do it live. Do it live. In front of everyone. All right, let's talk about some emails that I can definitely find. Hey, Polygon Show. Uh, This is from Daryl. I love listening to your podcast. It makes me smile and even genuinely laugh, which is cathartic in this ridiculous world we live in. Anyway, my question is, with so many games available and with the price of them being far more affordable than they used to be, I find that I start games and never get much beyond a couple hours before I move on to the next affordable title I couldn't resist buying. Do you think that the proliferation of cheap games is contributing to a gamer-wide attention deficit disorder? And should I feel guilty that I no longer complete games? Thank you, and keep up the great work. Daryl. Um, I mean, I've never completed games my whole life, so. I think I remember reading a stat or something that was like, the the, the rate of people, of, of games that actually get finished is something like 30%. It's That like, seems high. It honestly. does seem high really? now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. I don't think it's really Most the, people don't finish. Yeah, I don't think it's the proliferation necessarily of. And there's nothing wrong with that. Stop it, Simone! Oh my god. <laughs> what happened? We're not even what, just the word that. proliferation? No, no. Oh. That's not the issue. <laughs> it's fine. Um, the proliferation of... Ashley, have you ever finished? No. See? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Oh okay, God. Um. anyway, now that, now that we got tried. <laughs> I don't think it's cheap games. I think it's just there's a glut of games. There's a lot of good games, whether or not they're cheap. So, you know, one thing comes out, and then the next week another really cool thing comes out. You're going to probably want to get part of the discourse and play the really cool thing that's out now. Mm -hmm. So I think there's nothing to be ashamed of of not finishing games ever. Or even if just, like, if it's not grabbing you, like in the way that Overwatch is grabbing Adam week after week, uh, I feel like... Unlike with books, because it's so hard to see the end point in games sometimes, it's so it's so hard to know when you're going to be done with it. Mm-hmm. If there's not, like, that hook to come back to it and, like, fit, see it through, it's very easy to just kind of fall off the, the wagon at one point and never get back on the wagon. I don't think I used that metaphor correctly. Wait, that's, that's but, totally true. Because, like, yeah. now that I think about it, so, like, for TV shows, I have a personal four-episode rule. Even if I do not like the TV show in the first, second, third episode, sometimes, and this has happened a lot, like usually by the fourth, it'll hit its stride. So for me, it's like if I still don't like it by episode four, I won't watch it. But then with games, right, some of them ramp up quickly and some of them just like take a while. So it's like, mm-hmm. how many hours do I put in? Ten? Five? Yeah. yeah, that's so many more hours but than like, you would you for know, a TV show. Five, because then you have to get used to like all of the systems and like there's that whole breaking in period that could take five hours before you could enjoy the game. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. has that happened? Yeah, to you? and that's a huge investment of time. But I mean, is this why? Isn't this why people like lean on game reviews so much more than like? I don't. Know, I don't really. I read film criticism because I enjoy it, not because I like need to know if I need to go and see a movie or not. Because mm-hmm. I'll just yeah. go and see it if I want to. But a game, it's like okay, I'm gonna read a bunch about this before I go spend sixty dollars. Yeah. On mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, I also feel like so many games have a slump towards the end, and I feel like so many developers have not worked this out. Um, and maybe like because Zelda was like nonlinear, 
it didn't really suffer from that for, for me, but uh, what, like... I stopped playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean to... I, I will pick it back up. I swear to God <laughs> I will. <laughs> One of Famous these days. Words. But, like, you know, you get to a point where it's like, oh, I've been doing the same thing for so long, and now it's like, how, what, do I have to just grind to get to the end? And maybe that's what's yeah, that's a good, contributing to it. Good point, because if, if a TV show is going through a slump, it, if even if you've invested all that time and it starts going through a slump, you don't have to do anything to get through it. You just have to sit there. Mm-hmm. And you can even be on Twitter at the same time. You can also just wait for like the next season. Yeah. Because some shows definitely go through slumps. Like, I feel this way about Dexter. There are definitely bad seasons of Dexter! I... All of Dexter, I mean, yeah. Dexter just got all of Dexter. Like it's Dexter. Dexter just went down. Dexter is the only show that I have watched that I loved at the start that I've watched to the end. And when I watched the final second or the final episode, I went, "Wow, I regret watching yeah. every single mm-hmm. episode. Me too. I, every mm-hmm. every single moment I spent on this piece of shit show, mm. I am so filled with regret that Showtime did this and they ran it into the ground. And I'm still angry about it. I'm now. so mad about it too. Yeah, and like with games, you can't fast forward. You can't skip episodes. Yeah, you just stop playing. That's what happens. So yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you, uh, Daryl Allegra. Yeah, it's time for you to go. It's time for me to go. Is that the it's question? Four fifty-five. Oh shit! It is time for me. You to have go. to go. I actually thought the question was going to be about overalls. Yeah, that's what. I- <laughs> <laughs> and I was really scared, <laughs> but maybe that's why I have to go too. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have to Let's go. Let's bid farewell to Allegra. <clears throat> farewell. Yeah, we will put in a timestamp. Put in a timestamp, baby. Adam, it was fun. Out. It's been delightful. I can't wait to get out of here and watch this direct. <laughs> I can't wait to get, get out, out of here, this Allegra, podcast. So okay, bye. <laughs> Allegra has left us now, but we're going to keep going with our emails. Uh, good luck on that direct, Allegra. This is from Riley, navigating new fan spaces. Hey, Polygon Show. So recently, I found my way into a new fandom's Discord. I'm used bleh, a new fandom's Discord. Period. I'm used to operating in Polygon or one-shot spaces where I know my way around. But these new areas are just alike enough, but different that I've already made a few minor missteps, and it's made me a little wary to keep moving through. How do you guys navigate fan spaces that you are unfamiliar with? What do you do if you've made a mistake and just want to retreat back to the places you're comfortable? Thanks, Riley. That is a really interesting. And tricky question. What would you necessarily consider like a misstep or like a mistake in a fandom space, though? I guess I don't know. There are definitely like say uh, things that I'm pairing specifically that I think certain fandoms are very touchy about, where a new person might come into that and be like this pairing is interesting and the fandom has just like finished a horrible fan war about that pairing and like two pairings fight fans of two pairings fighting with each other. And like, there's a lot of bad blood and you might not know that history um, coming into that fan space. And I don't know. I feel like my only direct advice, which is not really great is just to observe for a long time. Like I always feel uh, really shy when I step into a new space. And this was definitely true when I was playing City of Heroes and I would join a team. I always remember every time I joined a team, I'd be like, I'm not going to talk or anything. I just want to play the game. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. But then by the end of having done a couple missions with that team, I would open up more. And, like, my my initial promise to not talk would just Mm kind of go out the window because I was having such a good time. So... I don't know. Saying don't talk sounds like mean and bad (laughs) advice. But I think it's true of any 
space that you're going into where people have a history or they have their own in-jokes, like, it's so hard to fit in initially without getting the lay of the land. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just wondering if most of these missteps in fandom, like, fall under the category of ships, though. Because those are clearly the most, like, incendiary things. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if there's something besides ships in the fandom space that you can necessarily, like, I, I don't know, make someone can upset about. Can you think of about? anything, Adam? I don't know that I've gotten really into, like, any... I don't think I mean any, like, fandom spaces outside of, like, not to come back to Overwatch, mm -hmm. but I, I the only way I can really uh, sort of, you know, understand this question is, like, when I started playing Overwatch there was already this established community of people who like knew everything about the game. And I felt like a total moron and trying to like wrap my head around the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Even now there's still like this entire competitive aspect when people like uh, up until very recently, I didn't know what DPS meant. So yeah. uh, like there's all of these uh, acronyms and, and uh, sort of terms that it's so hard to wrap your head around and it can be, really disheartening because it's like I don't want to ask someone and there's no like mm -hmm. dummies guide to this um so yeah I feel like in those cases I just stop talking I'm like I'm not I'm not going to mm -hmm. uh try to be outspoken in this but even when I do uh it's like without overwatch slack here like w when we talk to each other about that uh, I sometimes feel like, oh, am I going to like say the wrong, not the wrong thing and embarrass myself, but am I going to say something that will give myself away as not being as mm -hmm. well-versed in this particular topic as mm -hmm. I imagine everybody else to be? And I feel like that anxiety mm. sort of crosses everywhere. Any fandom that you're in, you would feel this general anxiety about that. That's a, Yeah, that's a wonderful way of putting it. And yeah, yeah, it's really hard. I, I guess my advice would not even be so much for Riley, uh, who I hope that you are, I hope it's going well for you, but like for people in fandoms in, who are established in the community um, to consider the cliques and the groups that spring up within that community and how they can always continually be open and accepting and um, keep things friendly for mm -hmm. even even for new people who are coming into that community. I also feel like um <clears throat> oh got that part again. My throat. Um I also feel like some amount of advice is like don't uh be hard on yourself or consider yeah. it a misstep if you don't know that much because like no one can fault you for that. You know like people it's not like there was a deadline to be in a fandom even though it does mm -hmm. often feel like that when you get into a new one. Um, and I definitely felt like that when I like got super into Battlestar Galactica like 10 years later. Um, so, but yeah, like the thing is, is that everyone in that space at some point didn't really know about it. And honestly, for people who are giving you shit about, oh, like being a newbie, it's like, they're kind of an asshole. Like, and you really shouldn't mm -hmm. take that too personally. And I know that's like definitely easier said than done, but like you have to consider also like what is considered a uh, taboo and bad, right? Is it just because you came in and you, you use the wrong name or you didn't remember the name of this one place? Like that's not something that I think you should be too afraid of. And I think like more people are, if anything, willing to help you out with that stuff than the people who will make fun of you. Even though I think in everyone's mind, it's, it's like, they're all gonna make fun of me and they're all gonna hate me. Mm -hmm. But I think people tend to be a little bit more helpful than you would expect 
I hope so. I hope so. Certain fandoms can be very toxic. This is but nice. True. This is very Hopefully. like positive and uplifting. Yeah. I like I like advice. It's good. <laughs> um, this <coughs> next question is from Lex. RPG decision regrets. Story-driven games are my favorite, and the majority of my gaming library consists of RPGs. I love feeling like my choices have an impact and consequences. However, sometimes my decisions have unforeseen and usually dire consequences, and then I end up feeling really guilty. For instance, spoilers. Spoilers for Mass Effect 3. Skip oh. 30 seconds. Oh, do you not want? No. Okay, I'll just skip over them. You, you do a bad no. thing. Ugh. You do a bad. And then in The Witcher 3, you also do a bad thing, and <gasps> then a bad thing happens. What decisions have you made in games whose consequences were so bad that they either left you reloading an old save to try again or just feeling really guilty for the next few days? Much love, Lex. I have a Mass Effect related one and I thought it was going to be. Oh. The thing, because this, this immediately comes to mind when uh, I, I think, I don't remember if it was two or three, um, and you basically have like a list of missions in your inbox and you sort of get to them at your own pace and whatever. And one of them was like, oh, the Krogans have some issue and needs to be mm -hmm. fixed. It's like, okay, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And I did some mission and I came back to my inbox. It's like, oh, by the way, this bomb actually exploded. <gasps> this mission's gone. What? Everybody died. It doesn't have dire consequences for like, it, it was three, I think. It doesn't have dire consequences for the, the entire story, but it's like, oh, I was going to get to that. Oh. And, and now I can't even do it anymore. And I was oh, really no. upset about no. that. That's so upsetting. That is super upsetting. Oh my god, and that just like reframes your entire like state of mind with yeah, the game. It's like suddenly shit, do nothing. Do I is need actually... to like now run to any mission that comes up because is it going to go away after too long? Am I going to fuck everything up by thinking, oh, I'm going to like do this? I'm going to go ch catch this like person's cheating lover yeah. or something like that, rather than trying to save the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be a detective. <laughs> and then like can you can you put yourself in a state of mind where you're just like this is my organic playthrough and what happens happens and mistakes are okay or do you stay in that like gamer state of mind where you want everything to be perfect or you want to do it right? I, I mean I feel like in Mass Effect I was very much trying to max out the charisma points in like so I could get those options because nothing pissed me off more than having like options that I couldn't select. Mm. So I spent all of my time trying to unlock that stuff to make sure that I wasn't going to regret those things. But ultimately it's just the regret is that you can't do all of these things. You have to just make a choice. That's what annoys me. <laughs> mm. Do you have any RPG regrets, Ashley? Um, Embarrassingly enough, they're they're mostly items related. Oh God! Because <laughs> I need I I need all of the loot and treasure. Yeah. And this like happens where like I was like, oh well, that looks like the next main area. I'm gonna go to this side area first and get no, it's a cutscene and something happens. Like the area like explodes and gets destroyed. I'm just like, but the treasure chest. Why did they do that to us? <laughs> I hate it. It's always, always items related for oh, me. Every like I have actually reloaded saves because I'm like, nope, I want that item. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do the map in exactly the right order. That's so frustrating. Uh, and I know that like obviously there can't just be one path. There have to be multiple paths because, you know, otherwise it would just be really boring. But oh my God, there has to be a way to make that less stressful <laughs> for us obsessive people. 
All right. Well, that's going to be our show for the day. Uh, if you would like an email read on the show, you can send it to polygonshow at polygon.com, and I will read that thing. And on the weeks that we do the live show, uh, we, re- we do lightning round questions, and you can tweet those to hashtag polygonshow. Yeah, yeah, you can. And then we'll see them, and we'll read them, and we will have a great time with them. Um, thank you to everyone who did send emails. I'm glad we're kind of we're finally getting to some of the earlier emails that I have sitting here <laughs> that I've just been sitting on all the weeks that we've run out of time for emails. And thank you so much, Adam, for joining us today. Where can people find you on the Twitter? Uh, I am Adam J. Musa, M-O-U-S-S-A, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, please follow me because my no, – no. Because you're great. Why did I say that? No, I was going <laughs> to say please follow me because it will piss my husband off. <laughs> Everything I do in this life is to spite him. And if I get engagement, he will be upset because it's it's people's it, like people giving approval to my shitty jokes, it fuels me. Yes. So you know do it engagement. For him. And also, you know, maybe if you like stupid video game related content. Look at the niche gay video game memes. Twitter moment and mm-hmm. the 2000. What's your Oscar moment called? Uh, Super Mario Oscars E. That's so bad. <laughs> but you faved it. I did. But you faved it, it, and I'm pretty sure you tweeted it. No, so I didn't. I thought you here? remember this specifically, the actions that Simone <laughs> you took. You did it. You did do it. All right. Uh, and we are, of course, on Twitter as well. You can follow Polygon on Twitter. And thank you, everyone, so much. Tell your friends about the show and make sure you review it on Apple Podcasts and give it a star rating if you so desire. This has been The Polygon Show. <laughs> <laughs>